Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to College Football's Last Call podcast presented by Sports and Torts. You know, guys, we wrapped up the last call season last month just after the SEC championship game. Said we'd come back after the whole bowl season and the season wrapped up and put a bow on it. So uh, here we are, let's do it. You know, it's been a busy start to the year for all of us. So hand in the air, my bad for the delay in getting us together to do this. But uh, my guys are here, we're in person, we're here at the office, which makes it that much more fun. Friday, happy hour, some vodka sodas, not vodka, yeah, vodka sodas. We got, we got limes, topo. Dudes, how are we? It's like right back to where we all started—a little, uh, a little vodka and topo and talking college football. So uh, it's, you know, I think the little break did us good because there has been a lot happening. We've we've entered a silly season in college football. Happy New Year, everyone! Glad to see uh, Lawrence and Josh in person. Happy to be back here. Uh, I'm looking at a <laughs> smorgasbord of uh, vodka, lime, soda. We got a, a random beer here. Uh, we're gonna have a good old time today. Uh, Larry David would not approve of your Happy New Year wishes. It's way too I know. Late. it's way too late. Uh, yeah, you know. What does he say? How many days you have? Like three. It, yeah, like three? January third or January fourth. Happy New Year, Mocha Joe. I kind of thought you had the whole month of January to do that. I always defer to Groundhog Day because that's typically when the New Year's revolutions die. Uh, but uh, I follow the Larry David rules of living. Yeah, you're 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 right. The silly season is becoming almost more interesting or entertaining to some degree than the actual football games. I mean, what all has transpired since the season ended is absolutely nuts. We'll all get through it, but, but I do agree with you that time has actually helped us to give us more things to talk about today. Uh, be- before we start talking about football, I do want to, once again, uh, bring up what we announced last week, which is a partnership with my friend Parag Shaw, the CEO of Miles Mediation and Side by Side Charity. Uh, Parag, for those of you that know him, He's got this great, beautiful, long-flowing hair, uh, and he has said that if we can raise $10,000 for Side by Side Charity, he will come on this podcast in person March 5th and shave his head. And if you don't believe me, hear it from Parag. Hi, I'm Parag Shaw, the CEO of Miles Mediation and Arbitration, and I'm excited to team up with the Sports and Torts podcast to support and raise money for Side by Side an amazing organization helping adults with brain injuries. Join us for a special podcast interview on March 5th at 1 p.m. at the Brain Injury Clubhouse in Stone Mountain or catch the live stream on social media. If we hit our goal of $10,000, I'll shave my head live on the podcast. Sound crazy? Yeah, you're right, it is. But here's the twist. You can choose to donate to save my hair instead. So who will it be? The Snip Squad or the Lock Lovers? Tune in, donate, and make a difference. Together, we stand side by side to change lives. See you there. There you go. And I also want y'all to hear from Josh Blackman, who is the director of Side by Side, um, which is, again, a great organization, great charity. So here, listen to Josh Talk about all the great things that Side by Side is doing. Hi, I'm Josh Blackman, Executive Director of Side by Side Brain Injury Clubhouse, a nonprofit organization in the metro Atlanta area advancing the long-term health and wellness of adults with brain injury. 
Brain injury is a chronic injury that can be treated but never cured. After life-saving treatment, many brain injury survivors face many unknowns, like, will I need non-stop caregiving for my family? Will I be able to work again? Will I have friends and colleagues and live a productive life? Side by Side is the only program of its kind in Georgia helping individuals rebuild their lives after brain injury. For 25 years, we have provided a space for survivors to gather, work, and belong while providing much-needed respite to family caregivers. We've served over 800 individuals, and this March is Brain Injury Awareness Month. We're partnering with Sports and Torts and Miles Mediation and Arbitration to raise money for brain injury survivors and their long-term support needs. We need your help to reach our goal of $10,000 and get side-by-side advocate Parag Shah to shave his head live at Side by Side on March 5th. Will you stand side by side with us to make a difference in the lives of brain injury community? All right, guys, what you think? We're going to shave some heads on this podcast in about six weeks or so. Well, you sold me. I'm in. I'm going to. I'm going to write a nice check. Uh, and I, I challenge my my fellow friend here, Lawrence, to write a bigger check than me. Uh, I'm just curious. What? Where are we at on the tote board right now? How close are we to the goal? It's a great question. I don't know. Um, Parag is actually traveling abroad in India right now. Um, when he gets back, I think he's going to get one of those tote boards that you can you can track it, uh, and he'll be being very active on the socials, keeping up with it. So anyway, it's going to be fun. So we'll be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Get to, uh, we'll, We're going to see some locks on the table here, I so love we'll it. make it happen. Team Snip Squad. All right, so let's start with the uh, bowl season. We'll just we'll just kind of start in, in order. 40-plus um, bowls at this point. I don't know who's keeping track. Uh, I watched the Orange Bowl. Yep. And I don't think I watched any other ones more than just tuning in. I frankly didn't really give a shit about anything but the Orange Bowl. Where, where were you guys at? Uh, big fan of the Pop-Tart Bowl. I don't know if you caught that one, which, which went viral with the uh, toasted mascot. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the bowl games are what the bowl games are. You have a bunch of opt-outs. You have a bunch of people that don't care. Uh, the only reason that I paid attention is because, uh, you know, gambling and bowl pool purposes. But uh, I was dialed in for the Orange Bowl. I watched the playoffs, but uh, if you're asking me to tune into the uh, Pool and Weed Eater Independence Bowl, whatnot, probably not on my radar. A couple of years ago, when we did your first podcast, we went through uh, one of the um, segments that we did was um, I, I named off I think three different bowls, and you had to guess which one was real and which was was fake, and and uh, it, that still stands true today. You've got things like the Duke Mayo Bowl in, in Charlotte, or which used to be the Belks Bowl, where they dump a tub of mayo over people. I mean, that's how ridiculous it has to be to to dump mayo on Shane Beamer or whomever was in its head. That's the only way they get you to watch. I, I'm kind of with you guys, right? Orange Bowl, of course. Um, and then the playoffs. I did watch, you know, New Year's Day when I'm hungover sitting on the couch. I watched, a, you know, the LSU game. I watched uh, a few others. But, um, look, I'm looking forward to the 12-team playoff next year. Um, I, I, we'll get into that in a minute. But it, it will make more games relevant, um, you know, come December. You, you kind of nailed it also with the opt-outs. I mean, We'll get into the Georgia-Florida State game, and people will talk about all the opt-outs that Florida State has. But it's even more than the opt-outs. With the portal opening in December, you know, you've got all these kids portaling out um, who aren't playing in the game. So while Georgia didn't actually have anyone opt-out officially for the game, we were down the same number of people as Florida State was because of portal. 
Kenny Powers Bowl. That's the yep. one that you came up with that, that I sniffed out <laughs> yeah. that was not one of the actual bowl games. It should be. It should be. God bless him. He, he needs to be. Um, the Duke Mayo Bowl, are they still dumping mayonnaise yeah. on the coaches or on they, somebody out there? I mean, it's ridiculous. They are. West Virginia, I believe, won it this year. They dumped a tub of mayo. So now you have to have a shtick with your bowl for it to be watchable. The Pop-Tart Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl, the Mayo Bowl. Other than that, it's just a bunch of Barstool's got a bowl. They're, they did have a bowl. I think it was Wyoming was in their bowl game. It was year. in Tucson, Arizona. They need to have, like, the Nudie Bar Bowl. <laughs> That's how you get the eyeballs. Yeah. That's how you get the eyeballs. Yeah. So the Orange Bowl... Uh, I gotta be honest, I enjoyed every freaking second of it. Every freaking second of it. And I don't care who's crying about who played, who didn't play, who opted out, who transferred. Uh, Georgia has a culture that Kirby has instilled that led all the players to show up and play how they played. Yeah, I mean, in comparison to Florida State, whose culture was whine, bitch, complain, file lawsuits, and everybody run away. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the most surprising thing about that game to me, and Gans, you and I spoke right beforehand, we thought you know Kirby would kind of, quote-unquote, take it easy because him and Norvell had a relatively good relationship. Upon further review, uh, Kirby actually doesn't like Norvell. Uh, it all stems back from the Amarius Mims recruitment, but Kirby laid it on him. Uh, to me, it's just a testament of the culture that Kirby has instilled in Athens with the team before everything else. Uh, yeah, Brock Bowers didn't play. Uh, did, did Van Pran play? I forget. But yeah, um, you know there was guys that sat because of injury, but nobody was uh, you know announced that they're opting out to go to the draft. It was all done after the fact. Georgia came into play. They dominated. Everybody got playing time, including Muschamp's kid. It was. I mean, it was obviously not as fun as being in LA last year, but uh, a very similar type vibe. And we beat our own record for biggest. Not to interrupt ever. you, but even guys like Brock Bowers, like they didn't play, but they were there. Yeah, yeah. they were there traveling at practice, waving the towels around. Like they're they're bought in, obviously. So I did say that, Lawrence. I said two things. I said one and two. They're gonna be Kirby. You know, we're up twenty eight. You know, three twenty eight ten, and Kirby takes his foot off the gas because he likes Mims or not not Mims uh, Norvell or he absolutely throttles them to make a point to the playoff committee. Well, and, I, and I think it was, obviously it was the last I even thing. think Kirby did try to dial down. We had guys I had never even heard of playing quarterback that were still ripping off, you know, uh, scoring touchdowns just running the ball towards the end of the game. I was like going to say. champ and the other guy. Yeah. I don't even know the other guy's name. Or both could be true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can try to throttle it down. Carson Beck played the first half. Milt played the first half. Pulled him out. And then our third string, our four stringers, were running it up as well. So, like, you have to continue to yeah. play the game. Like, it's not a running clock like it's in should have been. <laughs> I mean, it should have been, but they don't have that option. You can't start taking knees. Beck only threw for 200 yards. I mean, he was efficient, but it's not like he put up 500 yards passing. It's a good point, Josh. They, they did play every single person in the stadium. Stetson Bennett's brother had the last catch of the game. Luke Bennett. I did know he was on the team, but I forgot. <laughs> so, yeah, we had Luke Bennett, Drew Bobo, and uh, Jackson Muschamp. Well, Drew Bobo was on scholarship. But, but uh, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. listen, but just even in the first half, there were some guys that really stood out for me. Uh, Dylan Bell, I thought, was amazing. Uh, Beck was just throwing dimes. Dylan Bell was going up and grabbing him. The, uh, the wide receiver double pass play to Lad that, awesome. that he then took across the field. I mean, what a send-off for Lad McConkey. Great career. Damn good dog. Uh, and he ended in style, man. That was yeah. a moneymaker for Ladd is what that was. Yeah. So we talked last year after L.A. That was like a you know four-hour, four-quarter infomercial for Georgia. I kind of felt the same about this game in a different reason. Just because of how much fun everybody was having. All the coaches all in. Muschamp doing the old sniff the finger thing. Yeah. Everybody playing. Everybody happy for each other. 
it just looked like such a positive place to be around. And if you're a recruit yeah. and you're looking at what's going on on the Florida State sideline, what's going on on the Georgia sideline, enter KJ Bolden. Um, if I'm saying his name right, like, yeah. what would you choose? Warren Brinson was live. Uh, he had Instagram live up during the game. Last year we were eating chicken, chicken, we were chicken, wings. Last year we're chicken wings on the sideline. This, this year, year we're Instagram live. I mean, the best part about that whole thing is, okay, we beat TCU 65 to seven. 65 to 7, and then we go, hold, hold on one second, we ain't done. Yeah. And we beat Florida State 63 to 3. Yeah. And by the way, both of those games, I think we could have put up triple digits. Yeah. So how were y'all's kind of feelings watching the other playoff games? Knowing, look, Georgia's best four, one of the best four teams. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, Michigan, Bama, Washington, Texas. Y'all watched them. Pissed. I was pissed. I was pissed watching it because we got hosed. I'm not going to rehash all my comments on how I think the playoff went out. We would have beat every one of those teams. We would have been favored. Hard stop. Yeah, we would have been favored. We would have beat them all. Um, Both of the semifinal games were entertaining for what they were, but I sat there and I watched. I was like, we would have destroyed both these teams. The only thing that gives me any sort of pause is – I think Michigan actually had a really, really good defensive line. They would have given us somewhat of a game, but we would have beat all four of those. Okay, so Carson Beck would have thrown for 350 yards then. You know, maybe maybe they stuffed the run a little bit. But, no, we would have beat the shit out of both of them. Um, I thought Alabama should have beat Michigan. They gave that game away. Jalen Milrow, uh, and I've said this at the beginning of the season, I changed my tune a little bit, and I'm back to it again, is a fantastic athlete. He is not a quarterback. Yeah, the uh, the overtime play, quarterback draw, the center that was snapping it into the ground over and over again. Um, <coughs> listen, bad snapper. <laughs> bad, that guy was terrible. Bad snapper. He's down at Ohio State. Uh, but you know what I saw on that play? What I read, and I don't know if this is true. I saw you know the film breakdown that because of the snap, the play it was supposed to be a swing pass yep. out to the left, and the blockers were there. It was a touchdown. That thing was schemed up. Uh, but the low snap, Milro just freaked. And I don't necessarily blame it on him. I mean, it's probably the right move by him. Obviously, it didn't pay. The guy's hoss, right? He's 6'3", 230, and runs like a gazelle. So, got a chance of getting it in. And we're watching the, the Texas-Washington game. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. was, I mean, absolutely on fire that game. And then as it got into crunch time, I remember, you know, laying up, laying up watching the end of that game, and they panned to DeVore after the onside kick that Washington recovered. They blew, they blew a uh, potential to run a play and have Texas burn a timeout, so they left uh, Sark with one timeout, and they panned over to DeBoer on the sideline, and he had this oh-shit deer-in-the-headlights moment where I looked at him and I said, this guy is not yet ready for the prime time. Not a serious Love person. Segway, not works. a serious person. Well, I'm not going to take the segue because I want to go back okay. a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That was a good segue, but I want to I mention my – thoughts watching Bama versus um, Michigan because, Gans, you made a very compelling argument, I thought, as to Thank why um, – it happens every now and again yeah, – yeah. um, as to why we should be rooting for Bama. I'm not yes. going to relay out the, yep. the reasons that you made, but I'm like, you know what? My, my guy was right. I was right. rooting for them. You right. Uh, I went into the game rooting for them. Mm-hmm. I watched it with my brother-in-law, Neil. Um, I have a lot of family members go to Alabama. They're not going to love to hear this, but as I'm watching it, I'm finding myself openly rooting for Michigan. Not I. Uh, I. I just really don't like Michigan. I, not again. Not to. We've, we've talked about this many times. Jim Harbaugh is a cat killer, um, and I don't like him. I find their fan base to be quite arrogant. Uh, I was rooting for Alabama. Um, you know, half our new players came, came from there, so um, I, you know, I wanted to see them win. I didn't need anybody else at the top of the mountain. 
Well, they're not there. Now they're at the bottom of the mountain. Now, we'll, ta- now we'll take the segue. Good Lawrence, you, you made a nice segue to that. Uh, we all kind of thought during this year that Saban was acting and talking and doing things in a way that made us kind of wonder. Alabama fans didn't admit it all year long. I asked plenty of them. Oh, hell no. He's got, he just brought in the number one five-star recruit quarterback. He ain't going anywhere. Lo and behold, that conversation he had with Kirby – on the field, the SEC championship game, that's what they were talking about, that he, he, he was done. So what a wild ride it has been in the last you know, 14 days for Bama. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll, I'm showing Lawrence something right now. Breaking news, but we'll get to that in a minute. Do we have uh, one of those things dropping like, breaking news, <laughs> yeah. breaking news? Uh, ESPN Sports Center cut in? Yeah. Listen, Saban retiring at some point was inevitable. Um, we'll go down as, as the greatest college football coach of all time. What he did at Alabama was absolutely uh, amazing and unheard of. Uh, Pre-Saban, you know, you go from Bear Bryant uh, retiring, I believe, 1980 to 2007, right? So you're looking at 27 years. They won one national championship there uh, in those 27 years. But for the most part, they had a lot of bad seasons, right? Georgia has uh, has been to a bowl game every year since 1997, right? So 26, 27, 20, something like that. Not good at math. Um, Bama had years that were just bad, right? Uh, they had the, the Mike Shuler years. They had the Mike Dubow years, right? They, Mike Price was there for four days. Mike Price was there for four So they had some bad times. It, it wasn't like they were stable. They were just downright bad. And then Saban comes in and just absolutely turns that around. Six national championships and, uh, you know, never to be replaced. So um, I think also I would have thought – this is where I'm a little surprised. I thought that they would have had a a successor lined up, right? And I said – the second you saw that, I said, all right, well, Dan Lanning's their next coach. And that would have been a a great hire. It would have been bad for us. Um, The fact that the coaching search went down the way it did – um, and ended up, you know, probably on their fifth choice. Who, I, like, I'm calling Brian Harson 2.0 here. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, I don't see this guy, Kalen DeBoer, being a winner in Alabama. I see it as a strange fit. Maybe Mike Price 2.0, right, coming from Pacific Northwest. Um, but it, the wheels are starting to fall off the the, the mobile home in Alabama. <laughs> are you trying to say they went to? They turned into Mississippi State. Oh, he got it in before <laughs> you. He got it in before you. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with the Gans. I would have thought Saban would have been very meticulous. Here's a succession plan. We've already talked yeah. it through. We're handing the keys to Dan Lanning. We're handing the keys to Sark. We're going to run the same program. Um, I think they're going to have some problems because Saban's going to keep an office in Tuscaloosa, and he's going to be looking over it like a hawk and DeBoer. I, I just don't see him being the guy. But in you know, in his defense, like who wants to be the guy after the legend? No one, no one. There's well, it's, it's okay. Touch on a couple of things there. They say Saban's going to have an office, and, and I think he is. But how much? The guy just built a twenty million dollar house in Jupiter, right? He's got a ten million dollar house in Lake Raven or Lake Burton. One of the two. I can't Burton. remember. Burton. Um, does he really want to stick around Tuscaloosa? I mean, the guy, he's 72, 73. He's done everything. Um, the, to your point, nobody wants to be the guy after the guy. Though these guys have such massive egos, they think they can be the guy, you know? And uh, But look, you missed out on Lanning. You missed out on Sark. I think Sark definitely should stay where he's at. Like, shit, I'd take uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, God's gift to college football, before DeBoer. Dabo, the shine came off the turd the past couple of years. I don't even know if Dabo really got a look. Norvell did get a strong yep. look, and he turned it down, which is surprising because Florida State's kind of a shithole. Um, you'd think that he'd take that job. So, I, you know, um, Florida State's the only one that actually got dinged by the NCAA right. for, like, the NIL violations. On various maps. Yeah, which is, which is wild. Um, the whole thing is crazy, and then you just start to see – 
mass exodus from Tuscaloosa. They they don't have the, the you okay yeah they don't have the NIL backings that some of these other programs have. Uh, people were going there because they want to learn from at, Saban at, at the feet of Nick Saban, and and as soon as he's gone, uh, you know we get T Rob. Um, everybody else kind of jumps ship. They bring in a bunch of, uh, of uh, coordinators that I've never heard of. And next thing you know, everyone's packing their bags and they're looking for their, their NIL deal. Well, the last person in Alabama shut the lights off on the mobile home. And right now it's Milrow. He's the he's last <laughs> man standing. Who probably, you know, doesn't fit in well in Kalen DeBoer's offense, right? Yeah. Kalen DeBoer is, is you know, uh, uh, chuck it and pray. And um, Milrow ain't that guy. They just brought in last night, I saw the backup quarterback from uh, – Washington is portaling to Alabama. Um, we should probably get into this. So it, we haven't seen an official word come out, but all indications are Alabama's best player, Caleb Downs, is transferring to Georgia. Breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. news. Uh, which that is, is huge. Huge. The guy, I mean, remember we went through at the beginning of the season where we went down Alabama's roster, who would start. Uh, I don't think we hit Downs because it was before the season started, he was a true freshman, and I, you know, I don't even know if, if he was starting at that point. Caleb Downs is someone that could start at Georgia. He he awesome. jumped off the screen in that SEC championship. Jumped off the screen. He w- yeah. You have now, in, in Georgia's defensive backfield, you have Malachi Starks, All-American. Caleb Downs, All-American. You've got Julian Humphrey, who will start at one quarter. And Dale Everett, who, by the way, I think is going to be pretty good this year. At the other, you got Janelle Aguero and K.J. Bolden, one of the top people at fighting for star. That's a better defensive backfield than some NFL teams, and that's not hyper. You stole my line. I was going to say, name name 10 NFL teams that wouldn't right now take that for Right. Yeah. Today. Today. Like we said last year that Georgia had a better, or maybe it was, two years, it was two years ago, we said Georgia had a better tight end room when Darnell Washington was there and Brock Bowers were there than, um, and Oscar Delp than a few NFL teams. That our, our secondary is better than a couple of NFL teams. Thousand percent cosine. Yeah. So let me ask you this question about Saban. Uh, we agree he's the greatest coach of all time that we've seen at least. Record backs it up. And I've everything I've always read about him and heard on him, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, you know. Do you think there's a hint of truth behind the way he is handling this exit, timing when he did it, not having a successor in place? He just assumed see it, not burned down, but. Sh- People who next coach is not going to be able to do it the way I did. Um, Logan Roy would let this happen over at News Corp. Yeah. So is there some truth to that? At least an ounce of it? Because I, I, you said Dan Lanning, he was a natural fit, but we all said you don't want to follow the guy. And five of the top people, you know, how'd that come true? What do you I, think? I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I'm more. I'm more uh, interested in the conspiracy theory of did Kirby actually throw the SEC championship game to give to give Saban one last run in the playoffs, uh, more so than he's setting the next guy up for failure. I just. I'm leaving. I don't care. Um, I think Saban built so much goodwill. He's done so many good things in Tuscaloosa, for that matter. Like when they had the tornado come through and everything he's done there. I think he legit gives a shit about the program. So I don't think he his intention is to set it up for failure. But at the end of the day, like. It was set up for failure no matter who takes over. I, I do love a good conspiracy theory, Larry. I don't subscribe to this one. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out who killed JFK. Um, every time I get in Dallas quite often, I like to drive by there, I like to think about it. Um, I, I just think the guy is just the greatest coach in, in, ever, and these kids all went to Alabama because you know they wanted to learn from him, yep. to your point. You know, and, and NIL, like, is part of them leaving NIL? Sure, because that happens to everyone. But I think mostly it's it's um, the, our guy left. 
we're bringing in this weirdo from Washington who, you know. We've never heard of. We've never heard of, right? Nobody heard of him. The guy's coaching at Sioux Falls, you know, community college five years ago. And um, and I think they're like, yeah, screw it, let's go. So I'm listening to a podcast right now about the JFK shooting. Yeah. We it, need to do a podcast. It, it, what, what we've been told for all these years, don't happen. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's just, I'm just telling you like it is. Like, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. We need to, at some point, maybe you and I will get together on this. Uh, so, yeah, sidebar, there was the Netflix movie, uh, Scorsese movie a few years ago that like dug into that, that it was all the conspiracy theories and how it happened, a mob hit, the whole thing. Oh, so, I've seen them all. Is that the original conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories? It, it, to me, it's... That and Elvis' death. Yeah. Moon landing. <laughs> Tom Ludlam, uh, great friend of the show, and I had a long conversation about flat earthers. Uh, I don't subscribe to that, but uh, nor does Tom. Uh, but Tom has dug into that. He, apparently, he's gone down a rabbit hole on, on what flat earthers think uh, the flat. Uh, he, he explained it to me when I was drunk, and I said, I'm not doing it justice. Maybe we'll just do a whole podcast on conspiracy theories. I'm with you. I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. So the the I also liked how you used portaling. As like a verb a minute. Yeah. Is that a new word? Like Google, Yeah, you know, you Google something, now you portal? Sure shit is, it costs football. <laughs> the port- portaling is only bad if you're leaving Alabama. Uh, then they don't like the portal. But if you're coming into Alabama, they'll take everything. Yeah, they're good with our, our friend Jermaine Burton. Tresman. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs. They got, the, you know, it was a good thing then. So it's dizzying. The portal is dizzying. Uh, I don't know how you put... Once Pandora's box is open, how you put it, but you know how you close it because the hay back in the barn. Yeah, the hay back in the Toothpaste barn. Toothpaste back in the tube. Toothpaste back in the tube. Shit back in the horse. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Uh, but something's got to change, right? I mean, it's 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 obnoxious to have to continue to recruit these kids every single year. Um, people are always leaving. You don't really know where people stand. I mean, what do they do? That's why Saban retired. You not only have to recruit kids out of high school, you got to recruit your own players every year to stay. So one of the things, I, I, and I've, I've talked about this on the show before, you, you cannot, having NIL and free reign to transfer at all times is a recipe for disaster. Yep. Something has to change, right? I've gone through my ideas with, with NIL, like get rid of collectives. Um, uh, you know, that, that's probably the, the biggest thing. But aren't, they, aren't collectives getting bigger and bigger they every are. day? They so, are. So, you would say stick to the sponsorship model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot like Jay Stein Law Firm wants to sponsor, you know, Brock Bowers because Brock Bowers I never did. Somebody. By the way, I Look, never did sponsor. Should have, man. You bo- Caleb Downs, you got an opportunity here. Um, but the, the collective is basically just the salary for them, right? And if you're going to have a salary, well, then there needs to be some some guardrails around there. So I think get rid of the collective. One other thing that I saw is with portal kids, right? When they portal out. Let them portal out, right? They, they're one-time portal. But instead of counting one scholarship, they should count one and a half scholarships, right? So, so maybe maybe that hurts. Now, but does the kid care? Uh, no, but 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 the schools the, the would be pro, more the, judicious about who they take on. Now, one thing I have read, I don't know how much truth there is to this, is let's talk about Caleb Downs. We can use him, and I have no reason to think that this is what's going on with Caleb Downs. But they say, okay, hey, Caleb, you're coming to Georgia and you're an All-American. We're going to give you a million bucks in NIL. Whatever it is, right? We're going to set this deal up. But you're not going on scholarship. you got to pay your own tuition. Right? Does that count against the scholarship? I don't think it does. There was the Bear Bryant rule where for years what they would do, what Bear Bryant would do, you know, you had your scholarships, and he'd say, hey, Lawrence, you're 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. We're going to put you on a basketball scholarship, but you're going to play football. So well, I don't ta- know if that's... Well, talk happens. about the actual numbers that would entail. So Caleb Downs, let's say he has a 3.0 GPA or 3.5, mm-hmm. whatever the hell Hope requires now. He's yeah. from Georgia. So tuition, yeah. not, nothing. Right. right? So, so, so meals, 
whatever it is, living, like you're talking less than $10,000. Right. Which is- hey, Caleb, you just got a million bucks, so you know, you pay it. Yeah, and so if anybody's gonna take advantage of that, it's gonna be UGA and Kirby, right? Yeah. For the in-state guys, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, how does well, that, how's that gonna work? I mean, I have no idea, so but it's the, 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 fact, the fact of the matter is, I think we're finally to a tipping point a little bit. You saw coaches like Chip Kelly and Kirby actually directly reference something's gotta change in their post-bowl game has conferences. Uh, something something definitely has to change. It's just it's chaos. It's mass chaos. I mean, every day we're opening up, uh, you know, Twitter and social media or message boards, whatever the case may be, and it's like this guy says he's in the, uh, he's leaving, and, and then all of a sudden it's like like Daniel Harris, for example, Julian Humphrey. Julian Humphrey. Julian Humphrey, yeah. Julian Humphrey was in and out of the portal more times than Michael Scott got vasectomies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, but uh, it, you know, someone else like that too. <laughs> Um, it's just it's it, it is it's crazy. It's the wild west, and uh, every school loves it when they get the guys they want. They hate it when the guys they like leave. Uh, but again, back to Kirby and everything he's built. If you look at the guys that we lost in the portal, I think there's probably two guys that are meaningful. Maybe one and a half. Marvin Jones Jr. I and think Pop is, is going to be good. Yeah, done And Pop, though. and you know, Pop left because Pop got Wally pipped. Yeah, yeah. and Marvin Jones Jr. You know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Uh, maybe maybe he's great at Florida State, but he hadn't showed it here. Um, so the other thing with the portal, though, Lawrence, is guess what? After spring practice, portal opens again. Yeah. So you're and we're gonna have to lose some kids, right? So we've brought in uh, um, London Humphreys from Vanderbilt, yep. <laughs> Michael Jackson from USC, <laughs> uh, a snapper, Etienne, um, uh, Trevor Etienne, Caleb Downs. There's rumors that there's a couple more kids from Alabama that we're gonna take. Um, that are looking really hard at Georgia. So if you bring in eight kids through the portal, nine kids, you got to get rid of some also. So yep. uh, David Daniel Sisnabaugh. Yeah. The other, the other, oh, Jake Pope, another kid yeah. from Alabama. The other thing is with these, with all these players, student athletes having access, you know, to social media to just publish what they're doing. You're getting these tweets every day, like you said, Julian Humphrey, like I'm going to Texas or I'm into the yeah. portal. Now I'm coming back, and so they send like one after the next after the next, and now you have. All these AI folks coming in yeah. and these fake posts. I mean, how many times you got punked too? By after Yahoo got yeah. punked, yeah, with uh, Jalen Milrow, yeah, Jalen Milrow. Yeah. There's some fake account, uh, big orange balls at you know yeah. choponcorey.com yeah. or something. Zuriat, so, so yeah, that, that said, you know, I'm entering the portal. Yahoo takes it and they want to be the first to you know print and runs with it, and then you know it can very easily happen. You click it, forward it on. I mean. There's no accountability for who's telling the truth. Moral of the story, though, and bringing it back to Georgia football, if Kirby wants you, he will find a way to well, keep you. Hey, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby <laughs> is better at this game. than Kirby's biggest strength is roster management. He is the best in the – which is why, you know, I'm not so concerned about him going to the NFL because that doesn't translate to the NFL. Um, but it's, you know, in, in Kirby we trust when it comes to uh, when it comes to roster management. The other thing I'll say about the portal, which is such bullshit, and, and we do it, so we're certainly not innocent here at all, is the way the rules work is coach you put your name in the portal and that's free game for coaches to contact you. Well they and they can't contact you before that's tampering. Now every kid before Brock Vanderbrook Griff went in the portal we knew he was going to Kentucky. How the fuck do we know he was going to Kentucky before? They don't contact Brock, but they could call his high school coach. They could yeah. call his parents. Or his agent. His agent. The fact that these kids have agents right now, you know, so they've got to figure out a way. One thing we haven't shit. brought up, but really you could argue is most important recruitment or most important someone who didn't portal out or someone who got NIO money to is Carson Beck. Okay. I mean, you know, like he – 
you know, was he going to go to the pros? Was he going to come back? I don't know what the end up dollar amount was. I mean, we heard two million. We've heard whatever it might be, but that's a. I mean, having him come back is the biggest thing that could happen it, to the roster. It's so smart, though, for him. It's a good move for him because he would be this year. He'd be behind um, Caleb Williams. He'd be behind Drake May. He'd be behind Jaden Daniels. Probably Bo Nix, which, I, you know, whatever. So he'd probably be the fifth quarterback taken. Could probably go in the back half, like the late first round, early second. He comes back next year. He's probably the number one quarterback off the board. Uh, if he plays like we expected him to yeah, play. Yeah. yeah. So he, he probably goes to a top ten pick. The, the amount of money, the different, the delta between the back end of the first round or even second round, right, to a top 10, top 15 pick is massive. Yeah. It's a smart move on, on his part. He'll get his million bucks, whatever Which it is. Which is the difference now versus back then is he can still make a million bucks right, right. While, while he does all this. Right. I mean, he claims for what it's worth that it's nowhere near the numbers. Of the, all those numbers are bullshit. Yeah. All the numbers are bullshit. What do you all think the true numbers would be? I don't know. I think that there's a few players in, in, um, in college football that uh, are making seven figures. Um, and I think the vast majority of them. So you saw, go, let's start, take it back to Amarius Mims, right? Amarius Mims is going to be a top 20 draft pick right now. He's a plug and play day one starter in the NFL, probably at right tackle. He, uh, in that um, NCAA infraction thing, Florida State was offering him 15 grand a month. That's okay, 180, so 180, 180 yeah. for a proven starting tackle well, that's going to be had, first At that point, pick. he hadn't started a game yet. It, it didn't matter. But I, I, they all that's kind of where my head's at. I think Carson Beck probably getting 15, 20 grand a month. Maybe. I think he's more than that. I, I think, think Carson Beck. I mean, I, I heard, uh, I won't name names, there's a high school kid, uh, lineman, going to Georgia that I heard was getting $10,000 a month. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so if he's getting $10,000 a month, unproven senior in high school, Beck's got to be. I believe Beck is, is probably seven figures. And I, ble- I believe, you know, Caleb Williams was seven figures. And Bryce Young was doing Dr. Pepper commercials. So you know he was seven figures. Which, Livy, by the way. Livy Dunn, my favorite probably, college football like, player, is making $3 million. <laughs> He's worth it. Like, if we're yeah. going to talk about value, like, off air, we talked about the Falcons' biggest hole as a quarterback. And, you know, why that's the most important position in all of sports. More important than the coach, general manager, yeah. owner, all that kind of stuff. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not in the club. But don't believe this bullshit like Nico Iguilio at Tennessee is making $7 million. That's not – their quarterbacks in the NFL, no. Desmond Ritter's not making $7 million. He doesn't yeah, deserve Arch $7. Man, Arch Manning allegedly making $3 million. Yeah. More than Brock Purdy. Yeah. Maybe he is making more than Brock Purdy, but I don't think he's making $3 million. Right. So I think all these numbers need to be taken with a grain of salt. But I think Carson Beck getting a million bucks is, is probably realistic. I think Stetson, his last year, you know, was, was around that. Uh, but again, Stetson also had the real NIL deals. He had, you know, Canes, and he had some other shit. And, and uh, U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, I think I think uh, Brock Bowers was probably seven figures, but I think it's very, very few and far between the ones that are. What's seven the latest with our boy Stet? Not going to be playing in twenty twenty four. Something really. They, bad. they they didn't say that. Uh, he, he said he doesn't know. McVay said he doesn't know if he's going to be playing in twenty twenty four. I don't want to speculate. 2024, looking forward, Georgia Prime rather run, Alabama, you said, Mississippi State. The road to the the road to the playoffs is easier now with more teams, and now you take Alabama out of the mix. What do you think? Well, I will say uh, when they released the 2024 schedule, road games at Texas, at Ole Miss, at Alabama looked pretty daunting. Um, you know, Tuscaloosa will be a hard place to play, but it will be DeBoer's first SEC game. Um, he might not be able to field a fucking team. He may get fired by that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I listen. I think obviously Texas in Austin is going to be a tough matchup. 
Um, they're probably going to be our most formidable like peer in the SEC coming going forward. Um, Oklahoma doesn't scare me. We, we don't play them this year, but uh, our schedule is it's tough. I think if you look at the hardest schedules ranked, seven of the teams that are in the top ten for hardest schedules all have Georgia on their schedule. So I uh, oh sorry no 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 but. I think we can manage it if we navigate it with uh, going undefeated. I think probably is a, is a tough ask. Don't need to anymore. You don't, you don't, need, you to. don't need to. And then, you know, it is. Lose two. And it's a penalty to play the SEC championship game. Yeah, you could lose two games. So, um, Kirby might need Secret Service to go into uh, Bryant Denny next year uh, with what he's about to do to that roster. Um, Texas, and, co- and coaching staff, by the way. And coaching. T- yeah, T Rob was a massive pull. I'm pissed off about Texas. And I, I'm going to need 30 seconds on this. What, so excited. Georgia's playing at Texas. My my wife's from, from Texas. Um, um, Austin's a great town to visit. My kids go to camp outside Austin. We go to Austin quite often. So we were, this was circled on our calendar. And then it comes out um, the F1 weekend. Yeah. Texas hadn't played a home game, Formula One weekend, since 2016 or 2017. Right? No reason to play a home game. Now, they do have ACL, right, Austin City Limits, which is in October as well. So you can't not let them have a home game for three weekends. But ACL doesn't draw the crowds that F1. F1 supposedly draws 450,000 people. So the day that that was announced, I, I went online. Because I kept saying, I'm going to get a big uh, Airbnb or VRBO, right? You know, and, and, you know, we'll get like an eight-bedroom house and everybody will come and we'll set up a whole bunch of cool shit. Well, it came up. There, there are still some, but it's a little bit further out, right? Nothing in the area. Like South Congress is where we like to stay. Nothing there. Hotels all gone. A new hotel opened up, and so I booked two rooms there. It's like some European hotel. I might be sharing a bathroom with the people on the hallway. The room is about the size of your conference table right here. But so I do have it is, but not to you know. So I got two. Uh, I got two hotel rooms in Austin, and um, I'll be there. But what a shit show! This I hate is. to break the news to you. I'm not going to be yeah. there. Count me out. Count me out. And I hate it. I hate it yeah. when it got when it was on the schedule. First off, I'm like, of course, why would I? Why would we not go? But for all the reasons you just mentioned, I'm out. Tinfoil hat back on. I think that there was some uh, some shenanigans going on here. Please, like how the, that's Texas' biggest game next year. How in the hell do you put Georgia the F1 weekend? First of all, like I've got a hotel room. Shit, I'm gonna be eating out of a taco truck because you're not gonna be able to get into a restaurant in Austin, right? Uh, I'll probably fly to Dallas on Thursday, and we'll hang out in Dallas, and then we'll just drive. Four hour drive, three hours. It's not bad. Uh, By by the way, by the way, is there a Bucky's on the way? You're you're not you're not selling us on making the trip. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. Nor nor am I trying to. But I think you know Sankey says, hey, yeah, you know, you guys are coming here. We'll give you we'll give you this one. You got Georgia on your schedule. But they don't want a Georgia takeover, eh? There will not be a Georgia takeover. I like you and Canadian there. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned twelve team playoff. I'm excited about it too. I we we've discussed this a lot over the year, but now that we are coming up on it and seeing how it would have changed how 2023 ended, I'm all in for twelve. Yeah. So the top four get a bye. I I honestly have zero problem with us being outside of the top four and getting a home playoff game in Athens. Yeah, you want like it's too too much of a chance for someone to get hurt when it's 45 degrees. I, I think they should have just done an eight team. I think twelve is too many. It's going to get watered down a bit. I mean, we could go back and look who would have been in this year, but um, I think eight w- would have been the right number. Um, but will they put a limit on how many in one particular conference could qualify? Because you could see five or six SEC teams yeah, being I, in the top twelve. I feel like Nick Nick Adams, our, our um, statistician producer, uh, consigliere, whatever he is, uh, did some sort of a breakdown on it, um, and Tom Ludlam did as well. 
Um, I, I don't know. Does the Pac-2 get an automatic bid? It should. <laughs> Everyone's that game. Washington in? State, Oregon State. Where are we with conferences? So, so the, the Pac-10 is done. They've got two teams left that are now homeless. I think they're affiliated with the Mountain West potentially. Are they? I thought they're still. I don't know. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I'm but excited. I think, I think there's automatic bids for the Power Four. Then there's the Group of Five that gets a bid in there, and then I think which is it's at large stuff. But like, if you would have broken it down this year, and you would assume. Texas, Oklahoma in uh, the SEC, all those Big Ten, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington in the Big Ten, Arizona would have had the automatic bid for the Big 12. Lute Olsen leading them into the game? Yeah. Jed Fish. Miles Simon coming in, Mike Bibby. Jed Fish, who's now at at, uh, UW. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. You know, um, just rank them 1 through 12 and take them in, you know, and and sorry, like, you know, Sunbelt Billy or – or, you know, um, some of these shitty conferences. They don't need someone. We don't need Liberty. Sunbelt Billy called a shot. He said Florida beats Georgia next year. Did you see that? What else is he going to say? So I'm going to seize on an opportunity right now. I can tell you're getting a little fired up talking about the Texas stuff. Vodka's hitting me. And I, I can tell. Yeah. I, I know you well enough to know. Uh, I'm going to slide in and ask you to, to give a summary on Dion's first year at Colorado. Now that we've had the full, <laughs> <laughs> the full schedule. I mean, with the exception of the assholes in Fort Worth who decided to lose to them, it went exactly as I thought it would go. Uh, just, what did they finish, 4-8? and eight? I mean, to Lawrence, like, we should give him a Super Bowl parade. Uh, I, I think the Falcons should hire him. Yeah, he's, he's not a serious person. Um, you can't build a program around all portal yeah, but what I've heard is he doesn't like to recruit which I don't blame him I mean who wants to he recruit that's what he, he should six, be the he best at isn't that what think, he should right? be the best at he had Dion six, gets recruit, six recruits on signing day right Dion you put Dion in, in, in grandma's living room I mean like he should be lights out right you know um but he doesn't like to recruit. He doesn't like to put the time in he likes to do TV he's a caricature uh his kids in this the first day of like winter workouts or whatever it was to go to the uh, Paris fashion show. They're serious go. people yeah. not, of, not, on fashion. Yeah, Not a serious person. I, I just don't think, what I was kind of hoping though, was Norvell to take the Bama job and to see if Florida State would have hired him. People were talking about it. You know, he hired Sean Lewis, right? He was Kent State's head coach. Kent State came to Athens in 2022. Yep. And they gave us a little bit of a game, right? The guy was an up and comer. He was a, you know, a head coach um, that, that you see progressing through the ranks. And he hired him as offensive coordinator, which, you know, I don't know, is that a promotion? Is that a lateral move? Whatever it is. Then he fired the guy. Yeah. So, Larry, talk to me about how these games ended up with your sucker bet. We didn't make any bets, but we talked a lot about how Alabama seemed to be the sucker. Alabama was 100% the sucker. Everybody, Alabama's going to boat race Michigan. Giving Alabama two is a joke. Uh, I think I, I didn't publish it publicly on the uh, Sports and Torts website, but in our uh, our chat I said, Bama's a sucker. Uh, played out kind of how I thought. So I think if we go back to the uh, final tally, still under 500, but just a little bit closer. To Giving yourself games. a W on that one? Yeah, maybe that counts as four. So how are you going to spend your gambling time and thoughts in mind between now and um, now and fall? I mean, we've got several different sports. We've got all sorts of activities. Well, you know, I like so to, many activities. I like to do the pools. So we got, uh, I still have my NFL playoff pool. We have the start of the golf pool. Muktar, um, which, which is always fun. You pick a golfer every week for me to mush to not make the cut. Always a good time. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I have actually found myself uh, watching more college basketball now than I have in years past. And that's a function of Georgia being somewhat competitive. Coach the Blanco, the Coach Blanco area, era is off to a good start. So I'm, I, I, I like to gamble, too. Um, NFL, betting on the NFL is so much easier than betting on college. I went six for eight this past weekend. Um, Drinks on you. What's that? Drinks are on Drinks you. Drinks are on me. And our, our host here has brought the uh, boost. Uh, NFL is so much easier to bet on. Um, and, and so the NFL, I feel like in the regular season, every game comes down to the wire. The playoff games last week were trash. Except, why, why is that? There was uh, one good game. Yeah, the, yeah. Ram, the Rams-Lions uh, game was good. That was a good game. Um, why were they trash yeah. last weekend? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Super Walker weekend sets itself up for that. Well, let's, you know. This During the regular season, I feel like any random game always comes down to the end. Yeah, it's like the NBA, same thing. I'm Who's super pumped for the uh, the Chiefs Bills game this weekend. Right, you know, the uh, a person that works for me is from Buffalo. She texted me, "Buffalo's gotten seventy five inches of snow in the past four days. Seventy five. They gonna move that game too? I, they just got a bunch of roughnecks shoveling snow out of the stadium. Who's your pick to win Super Bowl? That's a very good question. Um, I want to I want to go for the Ravens and Todd Munkin, but Lamar Jackson sh- uh, shits the bed every year in the playoffs. I think we're going to end up with a San Francisco Buffalo Super Bowl. I think San Francisco wins it. Shanahan gets the Shanny gets his he ring. Gets the monkey off his back. They're the best team. He's the best coach. Um, it's a shame the Falcons get out of him. This is so lame, but I think it's going to be San Francisco Baltimore. Um, I like the Ravens in that one. Uh, but I'm looking to, to your point this weekend, right? You got Texans, Ravens, Baltimore minus nine and a half. 49ers, Packers, 49ers minus nine and a half. It's big numbers. Det- those are huge numbers in the NFL. Detroit, Tampa Bay. Seven and a half. Six and a half. Detroit minus six and a half. And the, the game that I was talking about that we're all excited about. Two and a half. Two and a half. Bills, two and a half. Chiefs. Bills, Chiefs can be a can be an all-time game. And I, I, I root for the Bills. They're my pick to win this year. Josh Allen's the best. Best name in the game. Let's go. Did you see the prices for the Detroit versus Tampa yeah. Bay game? Yeah. 700 bucks. Is that their first playoff win of all time? Uh, no, no, or, or just in the no. last, like, 30 years? Yeah. Fit 40 years? I mean, I think uh, Ford just invented the uh, the motor vehicle back when they won their first playoff yeah. game. They're, they're pretty good. They're going to win. They're going to win this weekend. How do you not like Dan Campbell, by the way? Yeah, Dan Campbell. Hey, look, uh, golf. I like golf. But back to the Bills, I do like Josh Allen's awesome. But but our boy James Cook, man, he's cooking. That guy's he's, he's better and better. He's better than his brother. Yeah. He's now playing on the Ravens. What a great draft pick that guy is. Yep. Yeah, he's, that, he's so much fun to watch. Those two could connect for the championship. You know, Cook v. Cook and, and well, AFC. I'll say this. How shitty are the Cowboys? I mean, <laughs> I like to, they're probably my second favorite team in the NFL. Um, begrudgingly, I'll They're better than the Falcons. Maybe I like the Cowboys more than the Falcons. They're, they're better than the Falcons. But I, And how do you keep Mike McCarthy around for another year? I mean. So I'll, I'll raise your question with another question. We're recording this on January 19th. It's about 5.30, and we did not know until just before we started recording that WWE has an event in downtown Atlanta tonight. Tell us wrong with us. We should be there. How did Larry not We know? should be there. That's what I want to know. Larry, I mean, we, we rely on you for these kinds of things. The man's keeping me down, man. I'm slipping. <laughs> we, we should be there right now. You should be dressed like Brett the Hitman Hart. Gans me look like Georgie Animal Steel, and I'll have my Macho Man gear on, and we'd go have a good time. I'd eat the shit out of a turnbuckle. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, who's the main like who, who's the main attraction in Atlanta tonight? You think Goldberg? Right? I, well, it's uh, it's SmackDown. Where's Hulk Hogan? Uh, quite frankly, I think they split the rosters. I don't know who's on the SmackDown roster. Uh, paging Jared Schlosser. Yeah, we need some help he'll, for he'll, SmackDown. He'll, he'll let us know. All right, guys. Well, look, I'm glad that we got around to doing this. Anything else y'all wanted to bring up or discuss? Yes, yes. I just, from a diehard Georgia Bulldog fan, I want to send a sincere thank you to our Bulldogs that are leaving to go to the NFL, right? Go ahead. Brock Bowers, Kamari Lassiter, Cedric Van Pran, Javon Bullard, Kendall Milton, Dijon Edwards, Lad McConkey, and the rest of them. Damn good dogs, all of them. A lot of good memories, a lot of fun times following over the past couple of years, back-to-back champions. Um, wish them the best of luck, and uh, I will say they've laid the framework for years of future success with this team. So to follow up on that, I want to thank a current Georgia Bulldog, Chaz Chambliss, for pissing off Robert Udell and Sean Traub as much as he does. So, got Chaz, I Godspeed, you're, Chaz. You're, you're, you're a great American. Am I the only one that likes Chaz? I don't have a problem. With <laughs> I have a problem hey, with Chaz. Listen, when I see the Lunch Georgia, guy. when I see the Georgia defense tweeting in defense of Chaz, that yeah. he's like, he's the glue well, man. Josh, he's the room what guy. you? I mean, obviously. Sean and Knows Robert more than Kirby. Know more than Kirby and more than Muschamp Mush and, and Schumann. Yeah, like, obviously. Yeah, they they're missing what Sean and, and Bob are seeing. So you know, what they should do? Sorry, you do the deal. You do the deal. They they need to they need to call. Um, I, I'm excited for uh, Mercedes Benz Labor Day weekend when we lay the wood. To Clemson. Hey, can we do uh, hotels in downtown Atlanta for the national championship game? This you know year? what? For all of our loyal listeners here, I'm going to open my home up to you, and we're going to have a party <laughs> before the game. So just show up, and uh, booze is on me. One thing I just – and I'll take you up on that. One thing I just was thinking about that we didn't bring up when you talk about Chaz Chambliss, he's got another year of eligibility, right? Like, Hopefully. He's coming back. I, I hope he's got two more. Hopefully. Did you all see the Miami guy that's going on year number nine? nine yeah, nine, 26. He was in this <laughs> – Gosh, it was it was the same class as like I mean maybe it was Lamar Jackson. All right, I actually have a thought. I thought I saw that earlier today, and my first thought was, who the fuck wants to leave University of Miami? Have you seen the girls down there? I'd stay too. Yeah, he's probably making you know a couple hundred grand in NIL. Chicks running around South Beach. Why do you want to leave? Want to go get a job? Come come hang out with me one week and work. His name is Doctor Van Wilder. He's awesome. He's the man. Smart guy. Yeah, smart guy. <laughs> right, y'all. Well, next time this group will see you, I guess, is at Gans's house yeah. for uh, Clemson game. For Clemson, Clemson game. Come one, come on, come all. So thank y'all for listening, and uh, I don't know. We'll find something to talk about. So until next time, as always, keep chopping. <laughs>